Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. AJ and I, man, we're going to ask you some, some quick hitters. And we just want to see, man, how you respond on your feet with some of these quick hitters. All right, let's uh, do it. Before we jump into the NBA and your G League experience. But three toughest visitor stadiums that you played in in college? Kansas. Kansas was crazy loud. Florida was always tough, too. Um, and then a lot of the neutral sites, we played Duke, Kansas, all them teams, North Carolina. Um, those are crazy, too. But um, I would say Kansas, probably Florida. And you know where it was hard to win was in Tennessee. Tennessee was tough, man. They're going to beat your ass in there. You don't, you, you, if you win, you're coming out bleeding. Like, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's sure. funny. You know up. who I thought you was going to say, though? Huh. I thought you was going to say Louisville is one of those. Man, Louisville, Louisville was awesome. Um, that state is so divided, blue and red. <laughs> Um, yes. half, half yeah. the crowd wearing blue, half the crowd wearing red. Louisville got to be, got to be up there. Yum Center's dope too. Yum Center's serious. <laughs> Give me your, uh, your toughest players you guarded while at Kentucky. Uh, I'm Jamal Murray. I, I've guarded Jamal every day in practice. You ever run around with some guy making insane shots like that? <laughs> Tough. Yeah, off off, e- off off either leg. Oh man, either, either leg, turn around. It looked like a bad shot. Get back on defense. Like going in. Um, I would, I would say all on my team, man. Jamal Murray, Briscoe, and uh, T. Ulis, man. T. Ulis was, was mm. insane. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember him in high school. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> something else, man. Here's one for you, man. Top five tracks on your playlist right now, and then give me your top three artists of all time. Tracks on my playlist. My playlist bounces around, man. I listen to, like, mixtapes, um, albums, whatever, but... Um, listen to a lot of J. Cole. Um, so when I before games and stuff like that, I'll listen to the warm up. Reminds me of, you know, being even before high school, um, where I wanted to be and how inspired that music made me feel. Um, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of a lot of Big Sean. He also has a lot of inspiring music. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I listen to a lot of like old school hip hop too. I listen to Nas, uh Talib Kweli, uh all types of Ooh. stuff. So I really I really mix it up, that's for sure. Give me your favorite sneakers to play in and then your favorite sneakers to wear around. Favorite sneakers to play in are definitely Kobe's. Um, man, I was glad that they they got that deal back. I was definitely definitely <laughs> glad to hear that the other day. Um, but I love I love playing in Kobe's. Um, walking around, probably Jordan ones. Makes Dope. sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So man, if you wasn't playing basketball, what would Mike Mulder be doing right now? See, that's the that's the tough question, ain't it? Like that's. I think that's where that's where the inspiration came from. Like I, I have no clue. I, I never had such a passion for anything else. You know what I mean? And basketball has been such a focus and such a passion for me that I really, I really didn't. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything different. I couldn't imagine going to work wow. a job. Um, like I got friends who who work in factories. I got friends who sell insurance in the financial sector. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. All these all these good jobs. And I'm like, I just, I just never imagined that for myself. So I really, I really can't even answer what I think I would be doing without, without the game. I really, I really don't know. Wow. That's a, that's sounds like a KG answer. <laughs> Kevin, Garnett, Kevin Garnett answer. Kevin Garnett said, shit, kill me dead. I can't play yeah. basketball. I'm I, got, dead. I, got, I, got, I got no other options. <laughs> All right, look, 
Got my son do this. We heard you a gamer. You a PlayStation or Xbox? Oh, uh, Xbox, Xbox. Oh, okay, okay. And what, what, what you got? What you what, in your downtime? What you what you rocking now? What, what you playing? I play a little Call of Duty. Um, I've been playing PC lately. I got a buddy of mine who's super into the PC games. Uh, so mm-hmm. a new one that came out, Elden Ring. I feel like we spent like I probably spent sixty hours on that game since it came out. Damn. Um, it's like, it's like yeah oh yeah well, i'm in sioux falls baby there ain't there ain't too much outside of hoops uh that's right some time on that um but you know i mix i mix it up whatever whatever the new games are um i tap in and definitely uh staying relevant in those in those areas what are three shows you watching right now to kill some time i'm watching sopranos for like the third time wow uh <laughs> i'm watching Snowfall, Snowfall just came back on, so I'm definitely tapping into that. Uh, what else? I watch, I watch a lot of shows, man. I mix it up, um, but I, I definitely repeat shows. Like I watched, uh, I watched the new uh, season of Dexter. I watched that; that was pretty good too. So. <laughs> uh, they they ended it. The ending was disappointing again. So they they broke our hearts oh, twice. Yeah. Broke our hearts twice. Mike, do you have any game day rituals, game day meal, or superstition? Uh, no real superstitions, but I definitely meditate on game day. Uh, I try to meditate as often as possible, but game day is a must. Um, once in the morning and once before the game, just visualizing, um, you know, what I, what the outcome I want. Um, Mm -hmm. and obviously just the positive attitude and positive energy you can bring into, into the game is always, is always good. So, uh, meditation is big. I feel that. And this, this is a bonus one for you because you didn't answer it earlier. Mm. Three favorite artists of all time. Uh, J. Cole, Big Sean, and I need a, I need a third that's tough. I need a third that's tough. Really into I was really into Biggie tracks. I'm really into Biggie. Okay. I'll wait, I'll wait for you to get the old school some love, man. Okay. <laughs> need a need an old school one in there too. Definitely. Got out a little old school with you. Thank you for doing halftime with us. Uh, we just want to go down, man. Now the the G League and in the NBA, you went undrafted. And uh, what was your mindset at the time when the draft was taking place? Were you optimistic? Were you frustrated? Uh, what were your feelings? You know, um, there was a lot of unknown in that in that time. You know what I mean? Um, watching the two drafts, I was super excited. It was such a it was such a strange feeling being so excited for my teammates getting drafted, and also obviously dying to hear my name called. Right. Um, knowing that, knowing that I wasn't going to hear that it was, you know, it was a tough time. Um, you know, you miss that, you miss that opportunity and you don't get that one back. Um, but for me, it was really just, it created a hunger. I was like, man, I think if I, if I take another route, it's like, here I am again, willing to bet on myself. Like I want to, I'll go to the G and be in front of all these NBA teams again. Um, just like at at Kentucky, we got a pro day and all that and all the exposure that was important to us. And so that was so important for me making the decision, oh, should I go overseas or should I go to the G? Um, and it was kind of an mm-hmm. easy call. Um, when, you take, when you take all the outside things out of it, you take the money, you take uh, the lifestyle, you take all that stuff out. At, at the base level, it's like, where do you want to go? And I knew that I wanted to be somewhere where I could be seen, yeah. um, continue to improve in, a, in an NBA environment. And I felt like the G League was definitely that, that choice for me. Nothing to mention the fact, AG, he did get drafted and uh, picked number nine with them Windy City Bulls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you got drafted by them, did you come here and play for them? 
immediately, man. I went, uh, lit- I got drafted the next morning, uh, drove straight to Chicago. Uh, camp was in like the next few days. Um, mm-hmm. I was super excited, man. I was pumped up because I was like, man, their G League team isn't very far from downtown Chicago. Um, right. I knew we'd be playing, we'd be practicing at, you know, at the United Center and all this stuff. Um, and I was pumped to be, to be a part of, a part of a Chicago organization. Um, and at the time, you know, that was, that was super exciting for me. I, I was pumped up about that. So, so, so you've played at they facility, at they practice facility over by the stadium, by United Center. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We would practice there often. Um, a lot of times say a guy's rehabbing, you got to be part of our practice. Mm-hmm. They'd always, even if there was one guy rehabbing for them, they'd be like, yeah, you guys are driving to us. And some guys would be like, man, make this guy come down here. Like, (laughs) make him him drive the the 45 minutes. And I was like, nah, man, you guys don't want to go to United? Are you guys crazy? Like, (laughs) I was was excited, man. I I always loved practicing in there. They got a beautiful facility there. And um, those those were always good times. Yeah. Hey, can can you explain some of the, the nuances of the G League and how contracts are structured and uh, I mean, I want to get a better understanding. I know our fans want to get a better understanding how things work, like two-way deals and what's guaranteed and the 10-day rule. Uh, can you just give us a, a brief overview of that? Yeah, you can get you can get a few different uh, options there. You can go on a, on a standard contract. You just sign in with the G. You just basically are strictly with that G League team. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, you can get called up by any team. So any team can see you and give you a 10-day um, or sign you to a two-way throughout the year anytime. Um, that's the case a lot of guys come into when they first come into the G, myself included, just mm-hmm. on that standard contract. Mm-hmm. Um, the next level up of that would really be like an Exhibit 10. Um, that's what I ended up getting with uh, Miami in my third year pro. Um, that's when you go to camp with a team. So mm-hmm. you'll go to training camp. Um, you get the extra money for training camp. Uh, basically, you go through that. Either you can make the team. In my case, there's no room. They're like, all right, uh, mm-hmm. we can send you down to the G. Um, so then you're, you're not necessarily on a standard contract, um, but you're on that exhibit 10 where they have your rights. Um, so you make a little bit more money that year, nothing crazy, but you know, you went to camp with them. You've been seen by them. The opportunities grow a little bit. Um, and then there's the two way contract where you're up and down, you're playing with the big team and you're playing with the small team. Um, you know, say a couple guys are out, um, for whatever reason, they want to call you up this day. Um, you go over to the big squad, um, suit up practice, play, um, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the times where you're not playing so much, they'll probably send you down to the G. So you're getting game reps, you're staying sharp, um, staying ready for that opportunity. Cause you never know. Some guy could go down with an ankle injury. Yeah. You got to go down and play 20 minutes tonight. Like you never know. Yeah. Um, but in that case, you're actually on the NBA roster. Um, and it's kind of like, you're just kind of playing both sides, which is good for guys. Cause if you're on the fringe and you're not getting a lot of time, um, you're getting a lot of game reps and, and staying prepared. So, you know, you know what um, AJ Guyton uh, told me about the G League. He was like, a lot of guys when they come up like that, he was like, the best thing, you know. He said, he said, he said, of course, every every player wants to play and play a lot of minutes. He was like, mm-hmm. but when you just come into a team and you want to see how things are done, he was like, guys told me he was like, the best thing for them was to sit on the bench and watch. Because yeah. they can learn a lot by watching, watching how what the how the defense rotations, the uh, mm-hmm. the offense that he calls out, where to go, where to be, how to how how what kind of mm-hmm. counters and stuff like that come off of a lot of broken plays and stuff. AJ Guyton right. says so. Sitting and watching, he's like that's that's a great learning tool too in the G League. Absolutely, absolutely, and and the best thing is like these teams like 
our team in Sioux Falls will run the same stuff as Miami does up top. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're learning, you're learning the system um, the entire time. Even yeah. when you're down with the G, you're learning that system so that when you do get an opportunity to go up top, you already know the plays. You already know where you got to be. You know mm-hmm. the defensive rotations and the strategies and game plans. You're familiar with all that. Right. Um, so it's a really good place to prepare in that in-between period. Okay. So, man, talk to us a little bit about your, your first break, break with the Warriors. Man, you came up for a few games in 2019-2020 season. Uh, but then the bigger break came when they signed you for the 21 season outright. Right. What was that process like, especially – you're coming off the COVID season, the bubble, and the Warriors. You know, they're not having a great season. Right. I mean, talk about the mental toughness of that as well. Man, there was a lot of mental toughness involved. Um, at that time, I'm in my third year in the G, right? Um, I think I was like 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's like all of a sudden you're, you got a window as an athlete, right? And it becomes now instead of just worrying about the game and stuff like that, you're starting to worry about the future. Like, oh, I got to make sure you maximize what, get what you can out of this um, before the ball stops bouncing. And I remember before the year, I'm like, man, I, I want to give it another shot in a G cause I feel like I'm close. Um, and then, you know, halfway through the season um, it's tough not to look like to your side and be like, Oh, this guy got a call up. This guy got a two way. This guy got this. Like when, when's my opportunity coming? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I had a great staff, uh, EG, all my players, stuff like that. They, everyone was really focused on like, man, just, just be the best version of you. Um, I had Jay Jack uh, on the team, and he mm. was like, Mike, he could see guys getting antsy. And he's like, Mike, like, I think you're really close to getting where you need to go. Um, like, don't let don't let other shit bother you. Like, don't worry about nothing else. Like, your opportunity is going to come. Mm. Not like two weeks later. Um, I'm coming off like a bad game. I'm trying to chase Duncan Robinson's uh, three-point record here. And okay. I need like five more makes to do it or something. And coming off a bad game, I got like thrown out of the game on a technical um, and I'm all bummed out. I, I go home. I'm like, man, I could have broke the record at home. Now I'm going to do it on the road. Like, I'm all bummed out. My phone rings and uh, it's Golden State. And they're like, Mike, like, uh, I know tonight was kind of tough, but I got like some news for you. That'll make you feel better. Like, we want to throw you on a plane. You think you can get on a plane at like 6 a.m. tomorrow and be down like for the game? I'm like, man, if I got to walk to the airport, I'll be on, I'll be on that yes. plane. Man. Kidding yes, me? Yes. I know. Kidding me? Yes. I know you. I know you forgot about that game real quick. Like what bad game I had? What the fuck happened? I don't forget even it. know what happened. Yeah. For, forget it, man. Forget it. So um, that was crazy. Getting down there on a ten day. I've been waiting. Now I've been waiting my whole life for this. For this ten day. It's basically like an audition, right? Audition. Like you got to go yeah. down. Go down there. Play well. Um, but the best thing that had happened the whole year was just the consistent work day in and day out. Um, you know, I was so focused on putting one foot in front of the other, stacking good days on top of good days. Mm-hmm. Um, that when my 10 day came, I was so locked into that mindset that I was able to, like, I went into a situation where I'm going to play, I'm going to come in on my 10 day. I'm fortunate enough to get some time here. Mm-hmm. And I was able to focus and stack good game after good game after good game. I didn't have to do anything incredible. You don't got to go down there and then shoot all types of shots and what, what right. guys think they got to do. Yeah. Like, that's not the job you're going to get. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you got to just be come in and be solid. Yeah. Um, and I was I was able to remain focused and, and stack those good days. Um, and throughout my 10-day, people are like, Mike, they might sign you. Like, you know, you're playing really well. I'm like, don't even, don't even say that to me. <laughs> just let me, like, just let me stack these last few days. By the end of it, they were like, um, you know, either they could give, us, give me another 10-day or they could sign me to the rest of the season. And I was like, man, whatever they do, whatever, it's not my job to make those calls. You know what I mean? I'm just worried about 
practice this morning. I'm worried about shoot around later. I'm worried right. about the game at seven. That's it. The guys in suits got to do what the guys in suits do. Um, and they, they, I was fortunate enough that they signed me to the rest of the season, uh, multi-year deal. So I signed for that season, the season after, um, which was awesome. Man, man. Pretty crazy. Man. Not only was it awesome. How about this, AG? You know he was one. He played in the Rising Stars game. I mean, yeah, man. had a had one game where he hit seven threes. So I, yeah. I think he could shoot yeah. a little bit a little too. Bit. You know, a little bit. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> no, just crazy timing, especially like sometimes it, it's like the preparation meets opportunity, right? But sometimes the stars got to align right too. And for that timing, um, like I got done with my ten day, I signed my deal, and I'm super pumped. I'm like, man, we got whatever it was, 12 games left in the season. Um, we already were like eliminated from the playoffs, but I was right. like, man, I'm starting to catch, I'm starting to catch a groove here. Like, you know, I'm really? starting to develop into, into what, yeah, what I want to do here. Um, and then we played like one more game after, um, after that 10 day and the league shut down. And it's like, all of a sudden they were like, one day they're like, we're not going to have fans tomorrow and we're going to be the first ones to do it. So don't panic. Like everyone's going to freak out, but don't panic. The next day they're like, we're cutting it. Like we're not, we're, we're done. Damn. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, if they would have given me another 10 day, then what would happen to me? You know what I mean? Like if, if I had got the 10 day a few days later, what would have happened to me? But it's like all these things fell yeah. into place at the right time where it's like, now I had an opportunity right on the edge of where it shut down. Um, and it was a little bit of like the stars aligned for that. Yeah. So, so if I'm hearing you correctly, the ten the the guys who signed ten day contracts when COVID hit, mm -hmm. that was it for them there. Yeah, usually, um, like I had another guy sign while I was on the ten day. Um, he had signed when we were like I was probably on my day seven or something like that. Um, so he was in the middle of his ten day during this. Uh, COVID hit, and it's like that's the last time I saw him. You know what I mean? Um, <sighs> so it's like not only is it tough uh on a 10 day like you get a 10 day and go up and not play you know what i mean you might just practice you might get no game shots no game rhythm yeah. um and that's that and that's a lot of guys that happens to a ton of guys yeah. and uh there's nothing wrong with that it's just a situationally uh it's tough you know what i mean but i i fell into a situation where i had the opportunity to play and produce and yeah. just be myself i didn't have to do anything nuts i just had to be myself Yep. And uh, fortunately enough, I was in the right situation where I was able to make that shake. And I, and, and I think back going to that right situation, like, I mean, and I mean, you can, there's a more calmness about you, about your game when you get out on the floor, meaning that you don't right. have to, like you said, you don't have to go out and do this and do that. I'm, 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 I'm confident in what I can do and know I can do it. And now right. I can just go out here on the floor and just do that. Yeah, absolutely. Clear headed, man. You just got to be yourself, um, be solid, play hard, be competitive when you're not playing, be a good teammate. Like they got their guys. That's going to score 30. You yeah. know what I mean, like you don't, you don't got to be that guy. You just got to be the guy who's going to be solid. You're going to knock down open shots make the right play every time. And you know, play the right way. Those are mm -hmm. the guys that they want. They want guys who are going to lead into winning basketball. And, and that's what I was able to do because of my preparation here in Sioux Falls. I was totally prepared for that. It's interesting, man, to hear you say that because um, you are a team guy, chemistry guy, but you can score the heck out of the basketball. Um, that 2021 season, Curry was back. Mm -hmm. Draymond is healthy. Still didn't have Clay, but your team dynamics were great. Um, talk to us about playing for Coach Curry during those times. 
man. It was awesome, man. Uh, coach Kerr is awesome to play for, man. Players coach. Um, he really teaches good basketball. You watch them play, the ball's popping, moving. Everybody's cutting, flying around. Um, that That's a perfect place for a guy like me who I don't want someone to throw me the ball and I got to get into a bag and try to one-on-one score on somebody. Like, I'm really good in a system. Like, I'm really good as a piece to a system, a five-player a five collab. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect place for that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that that was really important. The the way that they play over there, um, that really allows a, a lot of guys to thrive. You know, tonight tonight it might be his night. Tonight it might be his night. It don't really matter, and no one really cares. Um, right. It's just it's just about winning. It's about playing the right way, and we're gonna see what the outcome is. The outcome, but that's that's the best place for for a player like myself to be plugged in. Um, and then it's just like, all right, go make go make the right play, and it's like that's easy. I just gotta ask, man. Obviously, AG and I, we never got an opportunity to experience this, but you had to be freaking out when you went into that locker room and saw your jersey hanging up. <laughs> Man, <laughs> what? Just having a just have just having a locker in the locker room. You know, I, I was freaking out when yeah. I saw my nameplate. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> man, like I'm looking around the room and the guys in this room, like this is, this is nuts. Right. And this is what I always wanted. Um, and these, this is the job I always aspired for. So when finally that Jersey was hanging up, man, I'm telling you, uh, like I went up to it. I, I held on to it to like the game started. Like I, after yes, the first, yes, after the first yes. game, it's like, I don't want to change and go home. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm the one yes. sitting there. They're like, Mike, the game's over. You can go home. I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, you know, I'm just going to hang around here a little bit. Like, <laughs> yes, Hey, Mike, yes. I would hey, I would have kept my jersey on and put my shirt right over that motherfucker and buttoned it up. Like, all right, I'll, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Man, I practice. I would have been cool as sleeping in that. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, like, that that's a surreal moment. And, you know, it, it's a lot of, like we talked about, It's a, it was a lot of this, a lot of this, like the yeah. whole pathway up. Um, and to finally have that moment, it meant a lot to me. Absolutely. Who scooped you up, though? What veteran guy said, hey, man, this is how we kind of do it up here? Who was that guy for you? Uh, there was a lot of them, man. Steph was a really vocal leader um, during that season for us. Um, and Steph's not the type, like, it's funny seeing Steph and Draymond in the same in the same environment because they're, they're two totally different leadership styles. Mm-hmm. Steph's not the type to, like, yell at you or, or really even raise his voice. He's, like, teaching you, like, pinpoint, just giving you little bits of knowledge, teaching you. Mm-hmm. Draymond is, like, raising your competitive level, like, coming at you face-to-face, challenging yeah. you. Um, and so it was it was really those two in the locker room who were leaders to, to the group. Um, Clay was doing his rehab a little bit, but you could tell Clay was itching to get back for the leadership role. He'd be mm. yelling at us when we're, when we're losing games or guys are looking <laughs> soft. He's giving us shit, man. I'm telling you. Um, but those two, especially, um, Draymond, when it comes to really being vocal, um, and intensity, raising that, raising that intensity, um, it was definitely Draymond with that for sure. Yo, he talks like that on the court too, don't he? Like he he's he's constantly talking, like telling guys where to go, get through that, get through that, get up on his ass, dog. He ain't going to shoot it. I done heard him. Absolutely. And like his, his IQ is like through the roof, like insane. When I, when I first got around him. On the 10-day, we're doing film, and I swear, Draymond talked more than the coaching staff. Um, and they're asking him, what do you see on this? And he's, dis- <laughs> he's, he's disagreeing with them. I don't think we should do it like this. I think we should do it like this. And they're like, okay. Like, you know, because he he's not wrong. And when we're playing, I, I've watched entire possessions where he's pointing it out. The play's coming, 
it's like me, I'm watching it. It's kind of like happening. Um, it feels like it's the first time I'm seeing this develop. Draymond's pointing to guys, sending different guys up. His man goes up and set a ball screen. He's yelling at me to follow so that we can switch. This, that, that. They get a bad shot. They miss. Draymond's got his hands up. Like what? And it's like he he's he's orchestrating the entire possession defensively, and it make a guy like that makes it so much easier for the rest of the team, and really raises the confidence on the defensive side of the basketball. Like we really got we really got a high IQ mind down here. It's like having another coach playing with you. So that's why they really missing his ass. Like you could if you oh, got ab- if you absolutely. have that piece missing off of your team, that's like the heartbeat, the orchestra who's doing the. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's part yeah. of a, he's an extension of, of of the coach of of Steve Kerr, and Absolutely. the point guard. He he has sure. both of those in him. He has he has all of it. He sees every read. He's offensively and defensively. He sees every read. What could happen? How you could change it? How you could fix it? He's he's ten steps ahead every time. Um, wow. and that's why it's nuts watching film with him and stuff like that. Like he's picking out stuff. Like I didn't even notice that, you know what I mean? Like that, Damn. that wasn't, I, I didn't think nothing of that. And he's like, no, no, no. Like we could take this whole play out. Like they could never run this play again. Like, and wow. he, he really, he really has all that. Like he, like you said, he definitely orchestrates it. That's for sure. Wow. So you, you, you're playing well with the Warriors, but then of course you find yourself really kind of in a Warriors guard traffic jam. Just too many mm-hmm. guys, you know, in a similar oh, yeah. position. Uh, so then, you man, you get a shot with Orlando. Then you kind of back and forth in between the G League. And now you signed a two-way with Miami. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, how do you personally stay focused and prepared without getting frustrated? And what I mean by frustrating, knowing that you belong at the highest level. You're, you're, right. you're high-level talent. Yeah. How, right. how, how do you handle that? And who's with you? Is your family there with the support? Who's... Who's helping, who's coming alongside you to help you process that? Yeah, my family was there the whole time with support as well as, um, you know, old teammates of mine, players that I played with, um, friends, all types of all types of coaches. Like I still talk to Coach Coos to this day. Um, all these guys, they had a lot of faith in me and, and belief. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a that's a tough situation to get through. Like you're getting you're going, you're jumping teams. Um, you know, you get wave. I get wave from Warriors. I'm like, man. I'd never been waived before. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what comes next. It's uncertainty. Get to Orlando. They're, we're like halfway through the year. They're kind of setting their ways, right? It's tough to break into that rotation. I think I'm good yeah. enough to play here, but they, they kind of have it set, right? And it's like, I kind of like got to get it how I live here. Get cut from there. And it's like, now I'm really uncertain. Now I'm like, I don't know what the next, like what, what next is for me, right? Um, and it's like, so what do I do? Like, do I do I go home and continue to work out and hope for a call, which is what I ended up choosing? Um, or do I go overseas like a lot of guys do and finish mm-hmm. the season and, and come back for the summer circuit? Like, what do you do? And I was like going through a process where it's like, all right, a couple days goes by. All right, a week goes by. My phone not ringing. Like, I'm, I'm talking to my agent. It's like, you're on a lot of lists. You're just not at the top of anybody's list. Mm. And it's like, well no one's willing to pull the trigger on me. Right. And it's like, I'm kind of feeling like, man, I thought I had a good year last year. I shot 40 like Mm -hmm. this and that. I know I'm good enough to play. I just need the opportunity. Right. And so I was like, I talked to EG over in Miami and he's like, this has nothing to do with Sioux Falls, Miami. This is just like me and him personally having a conversation. Right. We're close. And he's like, Mike, 
I'll just tell you right now, like it's like out of sight, out of mind, right? The longer you're at home and not playing games, like they don't, no one gives a shit what you did last year. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta come prove it again. And the best thing is you, you've done that before. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I were you, I would check back into the G now. And I was, after that conversation, I was like, yeah, man, you're right. I should probably get back to the Sioux. There was only like 10, 15 games left. And I'm like, man, a couple games is enough for an opportunity. You know what I mean? Every single game counts when, when you're fighting for an opportunity. And so I, I got back here as soon as possible and was fortunate enough to play some games. And, you know, then it's like, oh yeah, this guy can play, you know what I mean? And, and they're familiar with me in Miami. Mm. So that was a, that was a really good decision for me. Um, and you know, I, I, that was really valuable, really valuable conversation I had with E for sure. How many games did, how many games did you play before Miami called you? I think I played 10 games, uh, before Miami had called. What, what, what was your confidence level at at that time? It was high. Um, coming in, I hadn't played in a few weeks, um, like games anyway. Um, there's nothing, you can't simulate games, right? It's like, you can only right. do so and, much in individual workouts and yeah. stuff like that, but you can't simulate games. So came into my first game and I was like, man, I definitely remember how to do this. Like, you know what I mean? And I had yeah. played here before. Um, so it only took me a few games to really catch a rhythm. Um, and I'm not a guy who came and like broke up the, you know, the team aspect. Um, okay. like I, I know these guys, they weren't bothered by me coming in. Cause it's like, he's not going to come in. I'm not just going to come in and jack shots and dominate the ball. Right. Well, it's like, right. I'm, I'm going to be good for like the team environment. Yeah. Um, and so I, it was, I was fortunate enough to get plugged back in here. Um, and just by playing the right way and being myself, I really caught a rhythm through those 10 games and was able to, you know, get back to that level where now people are noticing. Mm. Ask him, ask him the numbers he was putting up. <laughs> and them 10 days, what numbers, what kind of numbers were you putting up? I know the numbers. I want AG to know the numbers. Yeah, I had a, I, I had a couple 30 balls. Um, I was flirting with 40 the one day with 30, with 39. Yes. What? Yes. AG. Yeah. Oh, he had a 35 and 7, a 39 and 8. I mean, he was putting. Limba Chicken Chamin, Retro, aka Big Wara. Yo, it's Big Fred, aka Daddy Tuzawadi Podcast. Kiki Tubafetu, and we are the Sobering Podcast. Tune in to us every second Wednesday for fire conversations and interviews about South African music, sneakers, and street culture. Check us out on the Revolt Podcast Network. Shout out to our moms. No, actually, I'm sorry. 39 and 11, I took off a few. He was having uh, them kind of games. Is them, is them 11 assists? I think that was 11 threes. Damn. He was killing. That's yeah. all I can say. Killing. Yeah, it was killing. definitely heating up. But it was it's the situation where you're fighting you're fighting for your life, man. I'm I'm used to being on that fringe of like I'm on yeah. the edge of getting in. I've I've been on this fringe before. I've been I've been in the JUCO. I've I've been in a G before. Like when yeah. you come to the G, it's no joke. It's the same as JUCO. Like these guys are 26, 27, 30, and they're trying to bust your ass. Like they want to put food yeah. on the table too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been in this situation before. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm willing to bring that high level intensity to get where I need to be. And yeah. whatever happens, happens. I, I knew there was only 15 games left in the season. Um, but I knew that playing those games out is a way better option than sitting at home waiting by the phone. You know Hell what I mean? Yeah. And I, I knew Hell I could yeah. prove myself in those games and remind people that I could play. And, and there's a reason why they should be calling. 
You know, it's so interesting, Mike. You know, some of the questions I asked you today was because I see so many similarities between your story and and AG's story, man. Just that fight to, you know, go, you know, beating the odds, and you know, uh, you knowing how great you are, and and having to yeah. prove it over and over. You can have a great year, and you got to prove it over. For me, that is that has never kind of been the case when I played. You know, I can have a bad game, and they were still saying. Hey, Will just had a bad game, but he's right. a great player. Like I never went into the scrutiny of that. Mm-hmm. Um, for for young people that are listening, what would be your advice to them as they are always feeling like they got to fight for it and and don't feel like they're getting the recognition? What would be your advice for them? Man, fight harder, man. Um, you know, you got to leave it all out there, like. I know that I'm going to continue to have to prove myself. Like I'm nowhere near done proving what I got to do. Um, you know, right. like th- this game is about what have you done lately? Like no one gives a shit about last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are you doing right now? And bringing that level uh, every day is super important. Like I said about the 10 day stuff, it was about stacking good days on top of good days. I'm bringing that through my entire career from now on. Like that, there's no, there's no going back from that. No matter what type of successes I find, um, whatever mm-hmm. might come up. And I know that at the end of, end of my career, I, I won't look back and say, man, what if I would have, you know what I mean? I wish I would have went harder. I wish I would have taken advantage of this opportunity differently. Um, like you, you can't have those types of what ifs. And, you know, by, when it's when it's all said and done, you know that you, you gave this game everything you could. Um, and, you know, it'll, it'll reward you for that, man. The game has given me everything I have. So I, I owe it to it. To, to give it everything back. So um, just continuing to, to really keep striking the ground and, and keep getting better and stacking those good days, no matter the struggle, no matter how tough today was, worry about tomorrow, yeah. man. Don't, don't worry about yesterday is gone. You know what I mean? That you just got to continue to strike the ground and, and keep stacking them days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I tell shorties, Mike. I say, I say dudes like us, like I call it us because mm-hmm. I'm like the dudes who ain't who name ain't in the paper. Our days is gonna be like this, hills yeah. and valleys. It gonna be Hell like this. Yeah. You gonna feel good some days. You gonna have some great days, some bad days, some good games, some bad games. I'm like, mm-hmm. but you never stop fighting. You never stop never. competing. You yeah. never stop wanting that. What you going after? I said, like, long as you show you got some fight in you, and you and and you about that. Mm-hmm. somebody going to see that. Absolutely, man. And it makes it, it makes it sweeter, right? Like not having the offers out of high school and then going the Juco route, the tough route, and then yeah. getting to that division one level, it made it sweeter for me, right? Getting going yeah. undrafted and having to fight my way for three years, like by my nails and teeth. And then finally getting in that locker room and seeing that Jersey, it makes it sweeter. And you know, you, you don't take those moments for granted. Right. So it really is like, it's nice for guys who go the straight path and, and that's, that's awesome. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I wish no ill will. It's just, that's not my story. And yeah. I feel like the struggles are really what made me who I am today. And without those struggles, I don't know yeah. if I, I could achieve the same level of things. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think the hard times are, are really important to, to who you become. Never running from a situation, Never. seeing it through, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, never, no, no matter how, no matter how you feel in the situation end up, I never ran from it. I got yeah. on the end of it. I see how it is. Now mm-hmm. I can 
dust my hands off and move on to the next situation. That was, that's what you can always draw back on. Those, those trials are, will, will well, they'll challenge you, man. They'll test you. Yeah. They'll, they'll show, you'll know if you really want to do this, if you're really about what mm-hmm. you said you're about. You know what I mean? And who yeah. you become in the process of those struggles, I think that's what's really important. And that's what's led me to where I am. And I think that's yeah. what's going to continue to lead me to wherever I'm going next. Well, I tell you, Mike, um, man, we want to thank you, man, for being on the show. Uh, yeah. We wish you nothing but great success. You know, you got two fans over here, no matter what's going on. My God. We're rooting for you, yes, so, you man. Do. Keep pushing. But before we let you go, man, my dog got one more question for you. What's the next chapter in Mike Mulder's hoop dream? Man, the next chapter is to get back, man. I need to get back to where I want to be, um, prove that I can play, prove that I can stay on the highest level. Um, and that's, that's basically my focus moving forward is just continuing to prove myself every day. Um, until that day comes where the ball stop bouncing. That's what I'm going to continue to do. So That's what's up. Youngsters, y'all heard it first from Michael yes, Mulder, baby. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Keeping it real. Man, we thank you, man. Did Pat Riley them? Is they going to take care of you for the rest of the season? Yeah, yeah. I'll be with them for the rest of the season. Um, I'll be with them next okay. season as well. Um, we're going to make something happen out of, this, out of this deal. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. First of all, they need to, they need to go ahead and just – bring you up for the rest because they need you right now yeah yeah i'm sitting by I'm, I'm i got my phone i got my phone with me i'm ready yeah i'm ready i mean the reality is they need another big guard they need another yeah. big guard another yeah. big to, guard to, that to can shoot playoff run absolutely. yeah that can make this playoff run absolutely so, man but man mike i'm trying to find you on instagram man what's what's your handle handles uh mike Mulder 11 I'm 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 riding with you, dog. I'm be I'm be be checking you out from here on out, man. Seeing how you doing. For sure, I appreciate it, man. I may check in from time to time, man. Just you know, definitely. Please do. Appreciate you guys having me. I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. Know I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle, earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all but going there again. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha AG. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha AG. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur Agee, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming for it all, best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me.